Welcome back to the Grandstand episode 18 of season 2. I'm P-Money, and we got our co-host, Mr. F. Knowles. Yes, thank you. It's uh, it's very, it's much more kid-appropriate, Mr. F. Knowles. Yeah, now for all of you who have kids a lot, uh, around, just make sure they leave because it's about to get way more... <laughs> Uh, not safe for work or your kids or yes. your grandmother or whoever you think is offended I'll, by terrible language. I was trying to think of the acronym, but I got all mixed up in my mind. I was like, NF. I was like, I can't say it. But you, yeah, thank you. SM. Uh. <laughs> oh, whoops. That was something there we go. else. <laughs> Close this tab. <laughs> those aren't, those aren't formula one stats. <laughs> uh, so uh, some people, we're saying word on the street was this this race a little boring and you were not I you were not really agreeing with that. They really don't understand what race race they were watching. I think if they're probably talking about, you know, and this was like and I can't believe I'm even saying I read some quotes on Reddit, but I did. Um Oh, shout out to Reddit. Yeah, whatever. Um yeah, just just like I noticed in the comments section of Paddock Pass on Formula One, of just like anywhere fans can chirp, uh, people are just saying how boring of a race it was. And I just, I don't know what race they were watching. If they're talking about, you know, what was happening up at the front of the field with, you know, the fact that Lewis just pretty much dominated the weekend, um, which was, which was, I mean, another masterclass from him. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, but. Um, I, the midfield was fucking brilliant watching it. I mean, there's so much action. Um, I just like, what do you, what, what are they, what are they doing? Like, are they just, it's, it drives me nuts. I don't know. You know what? Let's get into it. We'll roll an intro and we'll show all those fuckers that are wrong. Let's go. A question for all of you except Roman Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access. Access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. <laughs> I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. Get the champagne! Yeah. All right, so let's save Nico Rosberg for later because yeah. I actually do have to. I want to mention him later, but okay. I know like, a lot. <laughs> we always do that. It's like I, I considered maybe we need to change that part of the intro because it just gets us so riled up about Nico Rosberg. But then I'm also and, like, I'll take that moment every episode, <laughs> every chance I can get. Um, but yeah, let's table Rosberg for later. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about spa def like one of the most historic tracks in the f1 calendar uh in the top three of every driver like both of our favorite tracks i think um a lot of ha lots been going on and also uh i mean most importantly it's it's been a year since the tragic accident uh of antoine hubert so really emotional weekend um for the F1 community and the F2 community and um yeah i just want to take a minute to uh, pay our respects Pour one out. Uh, for yeah, pour one out, and let's start with uh, his best friend in um, in the paddock. Well, actually, I got some stats first. We got yeah, you got you got yeah, yeah we got sorry. stat boy in the house first before we get to that. Oh yeah, sorry, Whew, sorry, I got I'm getting nervous here. I'm getting sweaty with my stats. All right, <laughs> clammy hands. As usual, as usual, there's a lot of Lewis stats here. So 93rd pole position, 89th win, so within two of the all time record. Lewis overtook Michael for most kilometers led in F1. Do you know what that number is at? Roughly. Um, can't be anywhere close to where Kimmy circled the world twice. No, no, no. I think it's uh, not twice, but uh, so it's 24,287 kilometers. Do not know how much that is in miles. I'm sorry. It is the 40th race in a row uh, in the points for Lewis, which is outrageous of how 
uh, how reliable his car is. Um, and then we have a bit of uh, Ferrari chirps uh, for you. So, uh, Leclerc. So, by the way, that's about 15,000 miles. It's a lot of miles. It's a yeah. lot of Indy 500s, if you, <laughs> if you look at it that way. <laughs> many. So, technically, Lewis has led many Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, we could see it that way. Uh, Renault. Okay, we're going to save Renault for later. But, okay, so Ferrari, because we're gonna, obviously going to talk about how how little pace they had, but Leclerc did achieve the highest top speed, which is ironic at 362 kilometers per hour. It was the fastest ever speed recorded at spa. Wow. Uh, another one is that Vettel didn't spend a single lap in the top 10 this race. Wow. And a last one here, which is <laughs> it's like kick up man while he's down. Uh, Hulk has spent more laps in the top three during a race than in one race than Vettel has the whole year. Shut the fuck up. Is that for real? Yeah, it's. Wow. I love. I love these random stats. Like it's. <laughs> Those are super random. Like, where are you finding that? That's. That's. I mean, I, I got to give it up to you. That's. That's uh, pretty impressive. Kind, kind of my. Kind of my thing. You know, stats. You know. Step boy. Should I change my Reddit handle to that? Ooh. <laughs> thoughts. Thoughts. Ferrari. Thoughts. Ferrari. Never mind. Uh, Formula One. Stat boy. <laughs> yeah. F one. So. Those are some pretty big numbers thrown out there and a lot to talk about. Um, the, the standout driver, though, before we get to Lewis's masterclass, because it's almost looking, uh, it almost seems you know normal that he does that, even though it's not. But Pierre Gasny, a year after being dropped by Red Bull and seeing his best friend lose his life at this track, put in one of the strongest drives of his career um, this Sunday and uh, just have a little audio clip also. Um, as a little tribute. Wow. What a race. Very, very good time. <laughs> very good time. Uh, thanks, everybody. It was an important race for me, so... Thanks to everyone. And hopefully Antoine enjoyed it as well, as much as I did. Yeah, man. He, yeah. I think... I, I mean, I think... Be, Next to Brazil, Brazil, like last year was was definitely I think his his best what's well, best result ever. I think that was his best race too, going head to head with Lewis. Um, but this one is probably number two or number three for him. That's huge. Yeah, and they just symbolically, um, you know, ha- ha- happening at this track after the ceremony. You know, um, it's great that you know uh, Formula One organized that minute of silence. But also, that must be tough for drivers, like just going before going to the race. You know. Um, you know, thinking about, you know, how dangerous, you know, motorsport can be. So, yeah, we, yeah, well, so. we, we saw that too during the race, uh, with that, that, sh- that mix up with, uh, Giovinazzi and, and, and George Russell. I mean, that was, that was a big hit for both of them. Yeah. So. You, there's, I mean, Spa has some of the fastest corners of the season. So whatever cars crash, it could be really, really, uh, big shunts. So thankfully no injuries this year, yep. but, Apart from the emotional factor, like Gasly had really put in an amazing drive. Like he was on the harder tire and passing cars at the start. Uh, there is that crazy move at Eau Rouge with Perez, who who loves to squeeze people in that corner against the wall every year. He did it to Ocon a few years ago, and they hit. Um, I'm not sure if you could have put like you could put like an iPhone between those two. Oh, sorry, no uh, publicity. Like a cell phone between those two. Um, <laughs> tires <laughs> uh it was pretty tight like that was nuts uh dude that was like that that was such an incredible moment they were going head to head like the balls that it takes for to do that going into Eau Rouge and then up radion like what the fuck and in in they just hung with each other too i mean even checo yeah. checo didn't relent i mean he he was still pushing and um you got to give it up to Gasly because they were battling for a few laps there too, which was a really fun, you know, another, another reason why I'm like, what race were people watching? Like watching those two battle was, was exceptional. Yeah. Checo uh, is known to be a hard racer. And I'm going to take another moment to say uh, that to everyone who thinks that Gasly is soft, like, well, that's completely wrong because you can't be soft and do what he did because uh you know that's going 300 kilometers an hour with the wall millimeters from your right wheel yeah he's not soft that's he's a fucking racer you know what though i think in 
tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, but I think last year having to go through what he went through changed his perspective of what it, what he needs to do, what it's, what it's really going to take um, to be the driver that he wants to be in formula one. And as much as, as difficult as it has been for him, you know, especially with Antoine passing, uh, you know, one of his, his closest friends, um, he was forced to make changes that I think are going to benefit him. And, and realistically, um, he could be back in that Red Bull seat. Um, you know, we saw some things from Albon this weekend that were definitely questionable. And with the way that, that he's driving, I think they got to give him another test, at least, you know, in the car to see what he can do. Yeah. I mean, I think that Gasly is, you're, I think you're right. First of all, that, uh, that experience and that whole trauma, I mean, it has to put things back into perspective. I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in his, you know, position for a second. It, you know, it, not to be too cliche, but he, he must've realized, Hey, like you only live once and you got to give it your all. And maybe he didn't really have that attitude uh, when he was at Red Bull and that came through just life circumstances. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a Red Bull seat in the future. Um, let's see. Um, interesting. What, what do you mean by questionable things of, from Alex Albon this weekend? I think we just, we, we saw Albon not able to convert when he really should have for the team. Okay. Can you, in terms of him not finishing, uh, all right, let, let's shuffle around because we had a. Uh, let's this just whole say the, the, <laughs> we prepared this whole outline, but let's let's just say no, no. But I think it, this this goes back to Gasly's performance. Realistically, I'm just saying like we're seeing Gasly. I think outdrive that that Alpha Tauri. Um, he's shown that he's more competitive than than Kvyat, and I think if if Albon, like for example lap 44 when he got passed by Ocon. I mean, those Renaults were flying at the end there, but, um, you know, you're killing they, me, bro. You're killing me with the outline. Yeah, no, no, but you know, <laughs> but I'm, I, this all goes back to my point that Gasly is, is showing up in a way that I think is beyond the expectations of everybody. Um, and, and it's really impressive to agreed, see it. Agreed. Yeah. And that's, that's really the point I'm making is that if he keeps this up, um, I think we are going to see him and maybe he doesn't stay within the Red Bull family, but I think it's exciting to, to watch for him. Yep. And, and yeah, you know what he, uh, so he, they were, they split their strategy, uh, cause, uh, he, for the first time was out qualified by Kviat by like a few hundreds of a second. Cause he fucked up his last sector in quality. And so he started on the hard tire and Kvyat on the medium. And that kind of made the whole race for him. But Gasly said that if, if, if it wasn't for the safety car, he thinks he would have gotten P5. Yeah, which is and that and that for me is huge, and that for me is uh, there's that big dig energy that we're going to be talking about real soon. Yeah, that he's definitely got some BDE right now, and um, you know I think what's what's epic to see is that um, he's he's he just seems to have the confidence, and even if even if he didn't get you know you could say well I was I, I would have had P five had we not had the safety car and what ifs and all that. Um, you know, you could say that he was dreaming, but at the end of the day, just the fact that he even has the confidence to say that is, um, is a change in, in mindset that, that we're seeing from him. So, yeah, he's, he's, he has the, he has like that, uh, that killer mentality on track now, which is, which is amazing to see. And I do think if you look at the times, honestly, that realistically he could have gotten like, he would have finished ahead of Albon, which that would be huge, you know, and the sister team and the slower team per se. And, um, uh, yeah, that would have been so epic weekend for Gasly, and I'm really excited to see him continue on this um, this trend here. Because uh, yeah, yeah we want to see him trajectory for sure. Definitely want to see him back in a top team, and I'm not only saying that because he's French, <laughs> uh, but what up? Um, up top, we had Lewis Hamilton uh, winning another like would look like a super comfortable uh, victory, and Bottas coming in second. And you know, it's only the second Mercedes one two of the year. You're right. I Seem- it, that that is true. It seems like they had more, but uh, no. It's uh, Max has been up there a lot. And uh, here, I'm going to give you a, one more stat. This one's free, though. Oh, um, thanks, thanks. This- Not going to get a Venmo request later. <laughs> yeah, By the exactly. way, Venmo requests me for all of these. 
this is the 10th podium uh, with those three, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. A lot of them have happened, I feel, in the last you know year and a half. Um, so Lewis, masterclass. Uh, he's already matched the number of poles he had last year when in the first seven races this year. Um, easy. I mean, it just like I feel like the only time he was ever threatened by Botas was at the start and at the restart of the safety car, but Botas just never got close enough to him. And um, yeah, I mean, Botas can talk a lot of you know game about how he's in it to win the championship, but he has never been so far from Lewis after seven races ever. I mean. You know, when I think we're starting to see a lot of frustration from him because Lewis, Lewis has not really put a foot wrong all season. Um, Except for the first race, maybe. Yeah, but just generally he's, I mean, it's, it's crazy to see this because the guy's 35 years old, right? And, you know, we look at, at that age being like, okay, well, he's probably, he might be on his way out, but Lewis doesn't seem to be getting any slower. He almost seems like he's getting faster and Valtteri doesn't know what to do about it. And it's, it's just wildly impressive to see, um, what he's, what he's doing. And Valtteri was like, you know, can I use the push? We've got a push. And, and his team told him, you know, we didn't, we agree not to use these against each other. And he said, you know, Basically, I never heard of that. Never said. heard of that before. I never heard of that. Like his, his. I can't recreate his like intonation. His. It's hard. He has like the way he speaks is really particular. <laughs> I mean, he's finished. Think about it. <laughs> it's like the way they end their sentences. Like it seems like it's continuing, but it stops. Well, That's I'm gonna weird. take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take a, a gratuitous chirp at Ferrari. That Charles Leclerc's race engineer is probably still the most annoying voice in Formula One. But um, yeah. he's like a meme on his own. Like oh, he's not dude. even trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, Valtteri just doesn't seem to, uh, he's got to start taking things into his own, he's just got to start doing things and, and, you know, he's under contract till next year. Um, I don't think the team are going to drop him if he starts kind of acting up, if you will. But if he wants to be competitive with Lewis, he's going to have to take, th- take matters into his own hands. I'm going to, I'm going to say this though. Um, so I don't know if you saw on social media or you know, WTF1, I like their, you know, social, like the reactions to the Grand Prix. Uh, there was a lot of people saying, I miss, I miss Nico Rosberg. And that's when we bring him back to the equation. Oh, God. Um, I don't. They, they, they were saying, or a lot of people were discussing this, that Rosberg actually got in Lewis's head. But I feel that what I, well, this is what I think is going on is that, yes, at, at the time, Rosberg, you know, brought it to Lewis for a few years. And got under his skin, but since then Lewis has turned it up and up and up. So I just think that Valtteri, even though he's a great driver, he's a very good driver. He just cannot do those last few steps that separate good drivers from the greats and the all-time greats. And it's just something that, unfortunately, I think he has to uh, admit, and that he will never be world champion in the same team as Lewis. And he. He will only be able to win if he's in another car that's superior. I Dude, mean, those are harsh words, but you're probably not wrong. Listen, we're going to have an, a podcast later in the year, spoiler alert, Michael versus Lewis, right? Because <laughs> that's the theme of the year. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about these drivers that beat the living shit out of their teammates. Time in, like like weekend after weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it's is it harsh? Yeah, but it's, I mean... He's in the best team in F1 right now, Botas. And well, he's got to find some. I mean, it, realistically, he's got to find something that's going to make it put him in. In he's what he's now three points behind Max. He has four. He's forty-seven points behind Lewis. I mean, he's going to have to win. There, I just don't. I don't see it happening. Like it's. That's so a you know, situation. you know, this is a, a shorter season, right? Um, after seven races in the hybrid era, I have. Oh man, this is a stats day for you today. Oh man, lucky you. Taxed. In from 2014 till now, right? In 14, uh, Lewis was 22 points behind his teammate. Uh, in 2014, he won. After seven races, he won the title. 
That's a lot. That's a big turnaround. In 2015, he was 17 ahead of Rosberg. He won the title. In 2016, he was edging back and he was nine behind Rosberg, lost the title. 17, he was 12 behind Vettel, won the title. 2018, one behind Vettel, and then he won the title, obviously. Last year, he was 29 points ahead of Bottas and he won. And this year, he's 47 points ahead of Verstappen. Like, he's never been, like, he's on track to having his best season ever. I know it's wild. That's what I mean. Like uh, to me, Valtteri's already out of the picture, and and realistically, I think Max is too, given the way that Lewis is performing. I mean, it's oh, hundred percent. It's he, his worst no finish chance. this year yeah. is fourth. Uh, that's ridiculous, you know. Like, and and we're seven races in. We've got, um, you know, we've got ten more, and I, I just look, man. Valtteri's just, he's going to have to, to accept the fact, and it's hard to say this, you know, but he yeah. might have to accept the fact that, that he's just going to play number two to Lewis. And, um, I just don't, yeah, like you, like you just said, if he is Lewis Hamilton's teammate, it is going to be very difficult for him to beat Lewis. Mm-hmm. And for all of like all of the Rosberg lovers, like all 14 of you in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause we know that he just, let me just remind you that there's a little asterisk on that 2016. But do people we'll, actually like Nico Rosberg? I mean, his wife seems to think he's all right. Yeah, well, we 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 hear them every week, and their relationship sounds so disgusting to me. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of Max, uh, yeah, speaking of Max, though, he didn't really have the car this weekend to to bring it to take it. No rain, no strategy. And he had, he, even he said he was like, I just had a boring race in third. Yeah. I mean, where was the rain? That's the other thing. Like had, uh, I was betting on the rain what? to come through. The fuck? Yeah. It was rain all, it was saying rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we didn't get, we got barely any rain the whole weekend. So just. Dude, it's always the same fucking story the rain comes like right after the race ends right right i I feel like whoever's like doing the forecasts are fucking with us they're like hey we're gonna give them some hope and then it never turns out just specifically for that part of belgium though like nowhere (laughs) else in the world like everywhere else is like you know 95 96 accurate and it's like 10 percent accurate (laughs) just at spa but yeah oh man yeah well, yeah, there's not much to say about Max, but I did, I, I, I did want to say one more thing about Botas is, you know, we predicted that first lap was going to be insane. And at the front, it wasn't at least. But Botas, he, that's when you can tell he doesn't have what it takes to really, he doesn't have the balls really to go for the moves against Lewis because I think he's afraid of him. Well, uh, even on the should- restart, the restart, Lewis, Lewis did that, executed that brilliantly. Oh yeah, he had like a second on Botas by sector one. That's like just caught him sleeping. Hundred percent. Like it, it was, you know. And, and Lewis, I think, does this on purpose. But he was like, yeah, you know, managing restarts is really hard, which you know, undoubtedly uh, it is. Um, but he's like, you know, I, I really didn't think. I, I thought Valtteri was going to have you know the slipstream on me, but uh, you know, and he just he played it down. Um, but, but he's hiding. He's hiding what really happened. Yeah, I don't know if you you saw it. He had a moment at turn one, right? Yeah, completely. He he like he could have he could have given up the position there to to Valtteri, right? I think Valtteri doesn't admit it, but he fucked up because he got too close to Lewis. Because you could you could see, like when I rewatched the the race start, you could see how close he was to Lewis, and all of a sudden he gets. He even says like, "I got so close, I almost ran to the back of him." So he had to lift for a second. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing is is like if that was Rosberg, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Rosberg would have would have just tried to stick it, and if they hit, they hit, and so be yeah. it. And Rosberg and Hamilton did hit <laughs> at yeah. this track. Yes, 2014, it, it happened. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, and then at the restart, he just yeah was caught napping. Um, yeah, but that, that could that could have been that could have been his his one shot basically. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Max though, um, the Renault, like Danny Rick, I mean, what a weekend for him. And <laughs> he even said that he had like, had they gone, like been able to go another lap, which obviously they didn't, but the Renaults were just getting faster and faster and faster. Um, 
and this is this is where like we are wondering about this is where I wonder about Doss. Um, Danny Rick basically said that he he uh, his team was telling them him like lap times for Mercedes, and clearly they weren't just trying to save tire. I mean, they weren't just trying to save the engine; they were trying to save their tires. And I think there there might genuinely be an issue with how the car is handling the front load with Doss. And I that's just it's an opinion, but okay. Mercedes has like, if you look at their times towards the end of, of races, unless they go in and try to get fast, fast slap, the tires are starting to dag to the point where they are limping home. So just something to look out for. Yeah. They, they, they did mention that they had to look out for tires. And Oh, the one thing that stood out when Max said, he said, he said like he, he loves his track, but out of the 44 laps, uh, 38 of them or something for tire management. And when I heard that, I was like, so like, uh, but going back to the dust thing, and I, I read this like uh, lap breakdown, which is what you know, what when you're in a position of like Mercedes, you dictate the pace, right? And Lewis dictates his pace, and basically, his engineer is like, okay, go faster, go faster. And then at one point, you know, Max kept you know reacting to it until they tested him to the limit where to see where they can go and to see to which point Max could fall and then drop back. And that's when they know they hit the sweet spot of like, okay, we don't need to go further than this because he can't keep up with us and that's what happens during these races so i feel that part of the reason also is that they don't really push during the race as much so they're because they're trying to maintain those engines too so you are right though i think that there is like a tire deck issue on the mercs that is maybe a little uh, more prominent than for other teams so yeah let's keep an eye on that maybe investigate a bit. yeah you know just keep an eye on it but um my point even saying that is um Renault is starting to figure out their car and uh, you know, our boy Danny Rick got fastest lap, which is, I mean, that's being a a bit of a prick right now. (laughs) Wait, wait, play it again. Are you being a a bit of a prick right now? (laughs) (laughs) That was with that with Ted. Uh, Danny Rick was on fire this weekend. He looked fast all weekend. Even o- and Ocon was purple in in the first sector for every session, uh, which is kind of amazing to see the Renault showing that much speed. Uh, and Cyril, I think Cyril's sweating right now because uh, Danny Rick is, yeah. So Danny Rick and him have a bet going on. And uh, so what is it? Danny Rick uh, decides what the tattoo is, and Cyril decides the size. The location. No, he de- he determines the location, and Danny Rick determines the design. So, if oh shit, if Dr. Three gets a podium this season, uh, Surreal has to get a tattoo. It's got to be a shoe. I hope nobody sees it. No, I yeah, knowing Cyril, he's not going to want to have it on his arm so that people can talk shit about him all the time. Well, Danny Rick said that it was if if anything, it would be something to like commemorate. You know the podium if it, if it were to happen um but i think it's got to be a shoey like it's got to be it's got to be, be a shoey yeah it's got to be like uh, a racing boot with like you know drips coming out of it or something <laughs> like our banner yes. was in barcelona exactly so going back going back to danny rig we have a little a little tribute i mean our boy got his best result for reno so we got to give him some props so here's a little audio clip one left to go Understood. P4 and P5 for the teammates. Awesome job. <laughs> Run wide to turn oh, one. fucking pushing. <laughs> nice one, mate. Holy shit. <laughs> I fucking sent that last lap. <laughs> Thanks oh, for letting so me Fastest lap. I, uh, I wanted that. Daniel, just so you know, I did not. They did. I was against. But I'm very happy that they did. And you did. Thank you. Felt like it was worth it, Cyril. Nice to see a purple color. <laughs> Dude, you know what I, I love is that he posted after the race uh, his his um, his radio, and uh, he goes that that last lap aroused me. Bit of blood in it, lad. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh man. But yeah, dude, great, great weekend for him. And, and he's saying that that they've found the the sweet spot for their setup. So, I mean, going into a, a track where uh, going into this weekend in Monza, I think Renault has a legitimate shot at a podium if, if all goes well for them. 
Oh yeah, we're going to get to that in our predictions. But yeah, I think you're right. Last year they finished four and five with Hulk and Rick. So um, yeah, it could be another strong weekend. They Renault does really well on the low downforce tracks, so yeah. that's going to be great. Uh, in the midfield, though, I mean, no, I mean Danny Rick. Just ah, I got to pause for a second because this is rare this year, uh, and getting that fastest lap on the last lap meant that he took away a grand slam for Lewis Hamilton, by the way. So that's huge, I think. And I so love Lewis to would have had fastest lap. Lewis had the fastest lap, yeah. If uh, he didn't uh, if he didn't get that. And I I don't know if you saw there was a this um this video with the gap to max on the last lap and it starts off at like seven seconds and ends at three or something. So that's how much faster he went on that one lap <laughs> to wow. like race pace. <laughs> that's epic. And I must say, Ocon was uh, was also there in the mix. You know, he got his new engine, and uh, he wasn't too far. So uh, P four, P five, yeah, for Renault. Yeah. And he passed Albon the last lap too, which uh, it was that, like that's. I feel like that's something you might have been referring to. Like Albon couldn't hold on to a P five, maybe. Um, yeah, that's exactly now. it. It is. It is a bit. Uh, whew, um, it is a bit rough. But Albon also said like, "Oh, we could barely keep up with the Renaults on the straight, uh, even with DRS." But then I like, why is Max so far ahead of you? Then you know, <laughs> yeah. But that's that, exactly that's like yeah. <laughs> that's the issue, you know. And, and think about like, imagine if if Mercedes was dealing with the same issue with with Botas, like Botas was finishing for three or four oh. positions behind Lewis, he'd, be, like, out. he'd yeah. be gone. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think what's happening though is Renault's getting their car, like they've figured it out, and Red Bull doesn't quite have an answer for them yet. I mean, Max is Max, and I think Max is an exceptional talent. And <laughs> Max is you know, Max. <laughs> I, there's nothing more you can really say about it, but um, you know, I'm just Renault doing this is is shaking things up, and we'll see if they can keep it consistent. But um, you know, I think Danny Danny Rick having an epic weekend, and then the guy that he replaced um, did not. Yeah, he didn't start. So Carlos Sainz and McLaren didn't even start the race for the second time in two years. He didn't start last year's race either for another technical issue. I forget what it was last year, but this year was a failed exhaust um, system. And yeah, cursed. I think there's a curse. Well, yeah, but not only did he not, what did he not start the race? Ferrari had the worst weekend they've ever had, like (laughs) ever. And Wait, before we get to Ferrari, though, yeah. um, where's the pink Mercedes, man? Yeah, what's going? I on? thought I thought they'd be faring way better. I and I I think they might have set up their car for the rain personally, but there's not much to say. But uh, Stroll P9, Perez P10 got points, but like we were all expecting more from them. Um, yeah, I was definitely like, as we'll get into with our predictions, uh, I thought they were going to be up there fighting for potentially. I thought they were going to pull what Renault did, if you had asked me before this weekend, four and five. Uh, but super disappointing pace. Yeah. But and now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and this this is a good segue, but there's nine. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Nine points separating McLaren, who's in P3, to Renault, who's in P6 uh, in the, the, the um, constructors. Wait, so say that again. Between P3? Between, between yeah, so McLaren's uh, third in the constructor standings. Racing points, P4 was 63 points. Ferrari mm-hmm. P5 was 61. And Renault is P6 with 59. Yeah, that battle for third place is going to get super, super interesting in the next few races. Oh, I love it. Can you imagine if Renault finishes above Ferrari? Or racing I mean, point even? Or McLaren. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm not going to make any predictions there because that midfield is tight and it kind of changes from track to track. And Renault, all of a sudden, you know, late push, but fuck yeah, like I'm welcoming this. Uh, but I, right now, I would say that I don't think Ferrari can finish five in the constructors. Like they're going to go to six. You really? Wow. That's, I mean, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question here. Uh, who was the top? Ferrari engine finisher this weekend, but and don't look. It was Alpha Tauri. I'm sorry, not Alpha Tauri. Um, Alpha Romeo. It was Kimi. 
Kimi Raikkonen finished. Kimi Raikkonen finished uh, P12. You got Vettel in P13 and P14. This is the worst race result in the last 40 years for Ferrari. Yo, it's fucking embarrassing is what it is. And honestly, you can say whatever you want about the the engine, and it, it's just not the only thing to take into consideration. No, it's not. And and that's, uh, you know, we were talking in the, you know, before we, we started uh, recording today about just, do I feel bad for Ferrari? And the, I sort of did because, like, you know, our buddy Diato was just... <laughs> I was feeling bad for him because you just you hold on to this hope and then they just can like it's just continually gotten worse through the season. But uh, realistically, I don't feel bad for them. And a lot of the team bosses have made it very clear that they're still not happy about whatever agreement was reached with Ferrari last year, even if Ferrari, you know, I mean this had, year with the yeah yeah, yeah excuse yeah, me with but, the FIA secret exactly. agreement. Like those details need to be made public to some extent, like redact a little bit of it. But to me, it's not good for the sport if you've got a team being treated with such preferential treatment that you can just hide the results of basically them cheating um, and not tell any of the other teams what it was. And, you know, as much as I think Ferrari makes the case very often that they, you know, fans come to formula one simply because of the Ferrari brand. Right. And if the Ferrari brand isn't there, formula one loses a significant value as like an asset. Um, and, and that I understand, but at the same time, um, is it good for the sport that you can have a team cheat like that and, and basically not have to talk about it? It's, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating. So I, I don't feel bad for them. This is this is this is motorsport. This is sport. You know, I mean, I'm an Arsenal supporter and we had our worst season in the Premier League ever. So, you know, I don't right, want to right. to, to to Arsenal, but you know, sometimes you got to go through these lows to get yourself back on top and and this is a huge learning moment for Ferrari and I fucking hope they learn something from it. That I mean, stop that they had with Charles Leclerc was abominable. All right, so okay, okay. A lot of things going on. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> first of all, I feel, I feel your pain on Arsenal. <laughs> it's been a long descent, uh, but let's not get into that red team right now. Um, <laughs> Ferrari, like Ferrari fans, and I grew up being a Ferrari fan uh, in the Michael years, And but when he got, before he started winning, there was years of just dismal results and a lot of failures, and... Before him, may I remind you that the last F1 Ferrari world champion was in 1979, Jody Schechter. It took over 20 years to win a championship again. So Ferrari is not known historically to have consistent world champions, you know. So there there is a bit of that roller coaster uh, momentum in terms of how, like in performance, Ferrari throughout the years. I mean, yeah, we, that's the craziest thing is that if we understand Ferrari historically, they go through these, these, these ups and downs and that's just the nature of the sport as well. Like you, you have rule regulation changes and somebody else is back on top and this, this happens, but for a team to drop this far back, um, I mean, it's comparable to McLaren during the, the second Alonzo stint. Yeah, in terms of yeah, technical fiasco. But I feel like this might this might be a little deeper. Well, yeah. Uh, but, I, I would agree. But, with you, that. but you're right. Yeah, it does kind of remind me of that. But but since it's Ferrari, it seems like it's even a bigger deal. Um but you're right, because like, you know, Alonso world champion, Vettel world champion. Uh and yeah, and drivers are starting to show uh like I feel like Vettel has a bit of a grin now and he's like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here anyway. Uh so he's not not he doesn't really care anymore. He's like even on the radio saying, like, you should probably think of fucking pitting me now. <laughs> Cause I'm not gonna pass these people on track. I mean and that Le- was so embarrassing too. And Leclerc. All right, so I got a little audio clip for you because I, I want us we need to comment on this. Hey, come on! Picazzo! And 
so many levels of why this wow. message was the funniest thing that happened to me. What did he say? So they, they, I didn't hear the Italian part, but clearly they just cut it out on on F1 TV. What did he say? It's not, it's not Italian. You want to hear it again? Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on, Picazzarossa! Did you want me to say it? It's yeah, not, it's in French. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, it, it, I can't. He says, hear what he says. He says "putain de saras." But oh, what, <laughs> it's pretty. It's bad. But what's funny is that he says it in a way that's so polite, almost yeah. like it's it's like the whitest, most monogast thing. It's almost like Nico Rosberg saying he got bullied, like growing up in in Mon- in Monaco. Here, let's listen to it one more time. Hey, come on! Putain de Sarasse! Putain de English speakers, tell, tell, tell them what that means. There's no real like translation to this. It's kind of like motherfucker, like motherfucking shit. Like it's just this, <laughs> like, li- like literally the translation makes no sense and it's super, you know, it could be misconstrued as, you know, something Reasons. else. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. So, uh, well, he's, you know, maybe he's just saying something about, about Italians. I don't know. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, uh, and you know what's funny is that he so he he forgot he had his radio on. It's radio on, and then his is like his racer who has absolutely no charisma says, "Oh, uh, can you please turn off your radio, uh, radio off?" Radio and Charles, off. oh god! And Charles goes, "Oh, that was awkward." Yeah, and he doesn't speak French, though. That's the thing. So maybe they didn't understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all in all, it just kind of shows like how amateur, like, because it it starts from that pit stop where they're like putting pressure in the car. That like, pit stop was like twelve seconds. Like Ian, our buddy, who's a big Ferrari fan as well, like he just like he looked at his like, all right, this is just like this, like you can't get more amateurish than this. Like I I've, I haven't running, seen a single team do uh, this badly. They were running the tires out to the car during the stop. Like they weren't ready for him at all. But like they had called him in. It wasn't like he just came in abruptly. Like they knew what he was coming in for. They just were completely unprepared. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 only going to get worse, unfortunately, before it gets better. Uh, I do think that both of our quotes of the week are related to Ferrari this week. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to Monza next week, and it's another low downforce track. And and quite Is frankly, <laughs> that's yeah. not a fast track. Holy shit. Yeah, and and so. Yeah, I really love my quote of the week because it, it's perfect for this moment. Um, basically, you know, after Spa um, going into Monza, which is, you know, it's going to be a hard fucking weekend for Ferrari, especially after having won last year, um, you know, asterisks there, um, <laughs> straight up, asterisks there. And basically, so Will Buxton, via um <clears throat> actually sam collins he's a journalist for espn and a bunch of other motorsport uh publications uh via will buxton so it's kind of a, a a mishmash of the two of them but will buxton said as my colleague sam collins said the only thing ferrari can do is go to vatican city get a meeting with the pope and pray <laughs> yeah and then, that's and will, right <laughs> and then will buxton continues on by saying and that, my friends, is a realistic level of how things are looking at Ferrari. <laughs> wow. Just brutal. Just brutal. And, and I mean, uh, social media is going off on Ferrari these days. It's amazing. Uh, you, you mentioned there was a, uh, a meme. What was it? They were comparing Ferrari to oh, right. was it, so McLaren. There's, there's these guys, uh, Steiner memes, who I think are some of the funnier, have some of the funnier memes out there right now. But basically, yes. uh, it was... F1 breaking news: McLaren protests against Ferrari for copying their 2015 GP2 engine. <laughs> that, that's that's a uh, that's that's going uh, back to Fernando basically calling out the he called the the McLaren engine back in the the dark days. Uh, the Honda engine, yeah, yeah, it was a Honda engine, a GP2 engine, which now the Honda is doing really well. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, mine is a bit more going back to what you were talking about earlier about the whole FIA agreement. It's uh, Christian Horner, who is well still salty. Uh, so he goes, the whole thing has left quite a sour taste and suggested the power advantage that Ferrari had last year in the settlement helped them win races. 
Um, oh shit, I'm reading the article. <laughs> Let me get back to the quote. Uh, obviously, you can draw your own conclusions from Ferrari's current performance, but in those races, we should have won last year, arguably. If if they had one with an engine that seems to be quite different to the performance that they have this year, so super sour because like you know finishing P two instead of P three in the constructors that's that mad cash that dinero that gets you to get closer to Mercedes and whatnot. So yeah, Ferrari is just fucking it's just not a good time at Ferrari as Binotto says they're going through the storm. They really are, um, you know. I want to feel bad, but I, I realistically don't. And I think they need to go through this moment to get themselves back on top. Like if it's this bad, you've got to have, um, there's just got to be a shakeup. And I think it's going to come from the top, you know, from Fiat, Chrysler, Ferrari, you know, it's going to have to come from that direction. I mean, I sure hope so because I don't want Ferrari to ruin signs and Charles's next like three four years in the sport because God, you know be terrible realistically f1 careers aren't you know that long and when charles uh, obviously wants to be the furry driver of, of this generation um he's gonna have to sit through some long years but you know let's let's wait let's wait and see what they can pull out at monza uh i'm also <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll get a private hearing with the Pope, you know, who knows? (laughs) No, I don't meet with losers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 shit. Oh, shots fired. It's all you Tifosi out there. Just uh, send us a message at uh, at the Grandstand F1. (laughs) You might. And the first one will be from our boy Diato. Yeah. He's going (laughs) to uninvite me to everything he's ever invited me to. So speaking of Monza, uh, let's get into our predictions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know what you um, you did get two points this weekend for calling Danny Rick being F one point five. I gotta say, I'm a, very proud of those two points. Even I know. Even, even if I'm yeah, I'm falling back a little bit, but those were two points that I was very proud of predicting. I know, and you know what it. As much as good as it feels to uh, extend my lead over you, so it's now at thirty-four to twenty-three. Uh, not getting Danny Rick as one point five hurts, so I will say congratulations for that. But you need to you need to get some serious points here. So uh, yeah, and it is your turn to go first, and I feel like we have similar opinions of this next race. But um, take it away, pole position. Yeah, so pole. I'm, I'm, we've got to go with Lewis. For yeah. sure. Uh, Lewis, um, Paul, Lewis P1. Um, I'm going with Valtteri P2, and I'm going to go with Danny Rick P3. <laughs> I want it so bad. And then. So that means your 1.5 is Danny Rick automatically. Yep. And, and I think we're going to have a Ferrari um, go Grosjean moment. I think it's going to be. I think it's either uh, it's going to be Seb. Yep. <laughs> Funny, I wrote it before. I wrote, wrote it before. before. <laughs> <laughs> I could, you know, it's that's how close we are. Um, okay, damn. Okay, I'm. I fuck. I mean, it's I. It's not to be copying, but I. I really. I do. I, I do think that Danny Rick can get that podium, um, and I want him to get that podium. So I'm also putting Danny Rick in P3, uh, but. I'm going to switch it up. Um, I do think Hamilton's going to get pulled. Yep. I do think, I, I think that something's going to happen to the Mercs in the race. Like I'm not saying DNFs or anything, but there might be like an incident. Uh, but if Lewis is starting on pole, it probably won't happen to him. So I'm saying that maybe Botas uh, gets tangled up and that uh, Max will get P2. Hmm. And then you know, the Red Bulls so. don't historically do well here. So, that's that's the only reason I wouldn't go for Max and you know, but you're right. Could be could be that. And the Grosjean moment, uh <laughs> you know who's super salty this weekend? Uh is uh Kvyat. Uh he's he, yeah. he's he has he, he was saying that oh the team gave me the wrong tire, so I feel like he's gonna do something stupid. <laughs> he was, uh, he was in, when he was doing the uh, the post race interviews, he was standing behind, I think it was um it was either Gasly or I don't know. He was standing behind somebody and he just looked absolutely <laughs> like his eyes were rolling. He's just, just looks like an angry fucking Russian. 
He looked like a serial killer. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> he was pissed. He was pissed. Oh, but we we can't like we can't not talk about you know uh, the Haas. I mean, they were they were kind of um, they were not there either. Uh, they were in the back. Uh, the Alphas did well, but we need to talk about the safety car that led to. I mean, the incident that led to the safety car. Uh, Giovinazzi and Russell, who essentially had like a back wheel uh on like going straight to him yeah um that could have been pretty bad but also that's the second crash that Giovinazzi has in spa within two years and man those junior drivers in f2 are like those alpha seats i think they might be two of those available uh, uh didn't Giovinazzi sign for another year though wait did i miss that oh shit i don't i don't think so not yet Unless that was announced very recently. Um, yeah, I mean, there's talk about him maybe getting a Ferrari drive, which I think is obnoxious too. Like he has not proved himself to be. Oh, I I think I think that's realistic, but it'll be a sim drive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, you know what the the thing about that whole incident was? Yeah, uh, you know. That was clearly driver error there. Um, yeah, big, big error. Big screw, time. screw George Russell. There's nothing he can really do about that. Yeah, uh, the halo played a really, really important role. I think saved saved George Russell from getting hit on the head by some debris. Um, there was so much debris. I know we're, we're wrapping up here, but the amount of debris on that track. Yes. Um, I'm just a little disappointed that the FIA did not red flag that race because, I mean how nobody got a puncture on the restart from all that carbon fiber on the track just blows my mind. There was a lot of debris. And I think the initial decision to put a safety car, I was surprised, but then I realized that they swept through a lot of debris to like have a clear path through it. So I don't know. I'm torn on it. Cause like you can't, once you make that decision, it's hard to then red flag it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you should write a little article on that because that's the second week in a row you're mentioning the FIA and uh, you know red flags because um, yeah. Indy Indy wasn't wasn't you know red flag. This wasn't red flagged. Red flag a race like I, I think it's got to be reexamined. I just and I know the drivers were saying the same thing. Like at the moment, even Martin Brundle was like, "There's so much debris on that track. Like it it could be dangerous to the extent that somebody picks up a puncture and." Then another incident happens because you guys didn't want to clean up the track properly. And it looks like they did, but, um, you know, there's obviously details that we don't know. We weren't there, but I just, I felt that it was appropriate to red flag maybe, but we got a great restart out of it, which was, which was nice. Fair enough. If it was red flag, I would not have been, you know, appalled either. So, but yeah, maybe, maybe they should look at that closer because it gives us another chance for a grid start and for that slipstream effect. So, Oh, and we're going to have a lot of fucking slipstreaming, shake and bake situations uh, this bake, weekend. Baby. Oh, man. Monza. Fucking love that track. It's a great uh, track. Make sure to follow us on all the socials. Um, yeah, come chat with us during the race uh, on Twitter at the Grandstand F1 on Insta. And yeah, send your uh, uh, for all you Tufosi out there that want to uh, get in touch with the uh, fucking Knowles. Um, yeah, Twitter <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to have that awesome Monza podium, but I'm still excited to see what happens this weekend. It's going to be a great race. And I want to see Cyril get a tattoo on live television. Let's do it. I, yeah, that that's actually what I'm looking forward to. So. <laughs> All right. Catch you on the next one.